Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away you fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Hello. So, um, you know, it's the holidays. News is a little thin. Obviously basketball, we'll have some basketball to talk, talk about. But before we do that, I would like to extend the heartiest of congratulations to PJ Flex agent who has somehow gotten the Twin Cities media talking about whether or not P.J. could, should, would be an NFL head coach, uh, despite the fact that that's not happening. (laughs) It's just not gonna. Um, So, you know, good work. I mean, if you got an agent and you're paying them, this is what you want them to do. Uh, So good good work on the, uh, his agent's part, name, name unknown to me. But uh, no, uh, if you were spending any moment from today going, hmm, should we worry about losing P.J. Fleck to the NFL? I would say that's a resounding no. Just a fun fact, um, and I, I, I learned this today. I didn't realize this prior to today. Uh, P.J. Fleck's agent is Kevin Harlan's brother. Really? Yes. Yes, apparently, and son of former Packer GM president, whatever, Bob Harlan. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, as, as somebody pointed out, PJ's agent has plenty of NFL connections, um, so it's it's not necessarily surprising that he's mining those to, to get his name out there. Um, you know, I, I saw uh, Doogie, I believe, and then other people, Pat McAfee was, was talking about it too, saying... They think the NFL team that might be willing to talk to PJ is the Detroit Lions um, for a couple of different reasons. One being uh, the Spielman family obviously has some connection to PJ, and Chris Spielman uh, is now sort of running things in Detroit, kind of unofficially, officially. I'm not really sure exactly what his job title is, but um, he, he's now working in the Lions front office. So um, that would be, of course, JD's uncle, uh so there's some discussion there, and then obviously PJ and his Michigan connections and things like that. So, um, I mean, yeah, it's an NFL job, but I mean, even if he was going to be really realistic considered, I, I don't think um, the Detroit Lions is one you really want to throw your your college coaching career away for. Uh, just just a just a thing, but um, yeah, you know it. It's always one of those double-edged swords. It's good that your coach is getting mentioned for other jobs, but yet you always have the portion of the fan base that just freaks the bleep out whenever anybody considers your coach might actually be leaving. Um, and then you have Again, to just, spoiler alert, he's not leaving. He's not leaving, no. Uh, but it is, a, it, is a good, it is a good play, especially, and, and you know, again, I wouldn't expect PJ is going to get much of an extension or a pay raise out of this because, you know, we are just coming out of COVID and things like that. Uh, but except for his coordinators, all of the assistant contracts are up as of January 31st. So one would expect that at least some of those coaches are going to need to get a decent raise from the University of Minnesota to uh, to remain happy and for PJ to remain happy. So um, this might not even necessarily be a leverage move for him. It might be a leverage move to try and get his is assistance a bit of a raise. Uh, we'll see what actually happens here in the next five, six weeks, but uh, that will be something to watch is that every single assistant coach on the, uh, on, on the uh, staff, except for Sanford and uh, Rossi's contracts do expire January 31st. So uh, both potential change and for uh, pay raises, things like that be something to watch. 
And of course, uh, the other news, Mo, Mohamed Ibrahim, uh, running back extraordinaire, third team, all American, uh, record would have been record breaking in any other year for single season stats. Uh, Mo comes back next year. Um, and now Seth Green as well is, I remember, I think that you dropped that in a little bit later today. Seth Green has announced he's going to come back uh, as well. Yeah, no, uh, most of the, the gopher offense, uh, we haven't heard officially from sort of their uh, offensive linemen, uh, Blaze Andrews being the biggest one, Sam Schluter as well. But it sure seems that other than, uh, Rashad Bateman and, and potentially a couple of the, the, uh, senior tight ends, Coquif and Bryce Witham being the names that, uh, probably at the top of the list, Minnesota should be returning uh, most the rest of their offense in 2021, which can only help. Uh, yeah, we said Mo Ibrahim, you know, set, uh, well, he did set several single season records, even playing just seven games for the Gophers, uh, was was close on, on several others. Um, in, in the post I posted in the All-American post earlier this week, looking, at, looking ahead, uh, assuming Mo has a typical season in 2021 he's only about 1100 yards away from being top three all-time in gopher history in rushing yards he's just 10 touchdowns away from surpassing daryl thompson for number one all-time in in minnesota um he just needs uh another 250 rushing attempts to be top three all-time so uh yeah one would assume with with mo coming back assuming he doesn't have some sort of catastrophic injury then we'll be talking about him at the end of 2021 as one of the uh, three most prolific running backs in in gopher football history why why would you say that out loud just no stop you you said the words you gave it a voice andy don't do that well the good news is is i mean Chances are, with the stable of running backs that Minnesota has, uh, I don't think you're going to see Mo Ibrahim carry the ball more than about four times in spring practice. Because <laughs> uh, PJ True. knows exactly what he can do. He wants to have him get him basically zero contested carries, and they'll worry about the other six running backs taking the uh, the majority of the load. So uh, I, I don't think we have to necessarily worry about something happening this spring. But uh, but yeah, no, it's. Uh, Minnesota will be in fairly good shape on the offensive side coming back in in 2021. Now it's just a matter of getting Tanner Morgan back to his 2019 uh, playing status rather than his 2020 playing status and, uh, you know, developing a couple more of these potential receivers. We've got, obviously, the uh, the transfer wide receiver. I don't think we talked about those. We've got the, uh, the transfer wide receiver from uh, Texas A&M. Of course, I'm blanking completely on his name. Um who basically would have been the second best recruit Minnesota has ever had in school history had they pulled him right out of high school. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Minnesota is hopefully adding some talent and, and can adapt some talent, and, and things are, are looking up in 2021. Yeah, so you're uh, talking about Dylan Wright, who is transferred from Texas A&M. There was also a defensive tackle transfer, Val Martin, who comes over from NC State. Um, So, uh, and, you know, it's quite possible that perhaps the Gophers are not done in the transfer portal, uh, but at the very least, very talented um, uh, wide receiver. We'll see what what he does when he... Uh, arrives and uh, some more depth around the the defensive line. I think, for me, excuse me, the big surprise has been you know last time we were talking, 
basketball had had a nice win over St. Louis. We were still full on talking about, wow, it'd be great if they could shoot. And then they go out and shoot really well against uh, Iowa, upsetting, um, at the time, number four, Iowa. And then have since gone on to beat the snot out of uh, Michigan State. Uh, I've been told this is perhaps a trash Michigan State team. Uh, I I don't know if I'd go that far. But regardless, uh, it is the largest margin of victory in the Minnesota-Michigan State history uh, series history. So that's that's really good. So I guess at this point, basketball is now good, hopefully, maybe. Uh, I don't know that we can expect them to continue to win night in and night out like this in the Big Ten because the Big Ten is a juggernaut. But, uh, you know, certainly they've been continuing to play really good defense and are shooting the ball better. My biggest thing has been, you know, you look at the blog and uh, there's a recap of the Michigan State game. And you see that it has over 100 comments. And you go, wow, people are really excited about beating Michigan State. And then you realize a whole bunch of the conversation is about whether Patino should still be on the hot seat. And I just have to go, the fuck is wrong with all of you? Anybody who thinks he's going to get fired, no, he wasn't going to get fired anyway because of COVID. Now he's like seemingly doing okay this year. They're nine and one. I'd like to point out uh, with wins over two ranked teams and a St. Louis uh, quad one booster out there, and we're still talking about Patino and his shortcomings. I, I don't Minnesota fans, you astound me. I don't even know what to do with that. Just does no one know how to enjoy the moment anymore, Andy? I, I just I, I don't even know what to do. Well, let's uh, let's ask one of our basketball guests on the podcast. Street Zips. Oh, oh, wait, they both aren't here tonight, which is coincidental. Unfortunate, unfortunate, because it would be. I, I think we have a uh, the opportunity for an all time street rant right now. Um, it's certainly worthy of a, a, a nuclear hot take sound. I just, I don't. Yeah, it. it I mean, it's silly. It, it. It's silly, and obviously, I mean, the thing is, is obviously the Minnesota fan base is is sort of always turned towards disaster. And frankly, uh, after their showing against Illinois, you had several of the usual people who basically wanted to run Patino out of town. They're, well, fact, I think, were, I, were, and well, I, I, I think a lot of us said, you know, I mean, it's not like well, he hasn't well, left us with concerns. Well, well and that's like so what I was going to say is several of our basketball guys were, were you know, maybe not publicly, but in, in the Slack chat were posing their doubts on, on Patino after that game. And then he turns around and in, in a row beats St. Louis, beats uh, Iowa, and beats Michigan State. So, yeah, I mean, Minnesota is uh, – they they played th- their three best games in, of the year in the last three games. Boom, boom, boom. So, I mean, that's that's definitely been something to see. They figured it out. Marcus Carr has played spectacularly. He's been great. He's probably still pissed that somehow he was left off the top twenty list for the Mark or the Bob Cozy Award Point Guard of the Year Award. Um, I, I don't think that when they break it down to the semifinalists, he'll be left off that list once again. Um, he, he obviously is playing at a, at a first-team All-Big Ten level and arguably is probably one of the top two or three point guards in, in the country so far this year uh, in relation to uh, 
importance to his team, things like that. Um, another big thing is, is I think we're seeing Lee and Robbins finally get things figured out. Um, you know, he, he, he had a start, a rough start to the season, trying to get adapted, I think, more to, uh, you know, Big Ten style of play and things like that. Did not look great against Illinois. Uh, Kofi Cockburn pretty much uh, beat him like a rented mule back and forth. Uh, but but he looked much better against uh, Iowa. He he held his own against Luca Garza. Um, with Michigan State having a wide hope, hole in the middle, he really took advantage against the Spartans, going for 18 points. Or no, excuse me, he went for 18 against Iowa. He went for... Uh, I had the box score up, and then I, I lost. I feel it. like it was. I feel it was, it was, was eighteen. Like Twelve. It was eighteen, was 18 again. again? Yeah. So he had eighteen. Seven for eleven from the field. Uh, three for three from the free throw line. Nine rebounds. One rebound short of a double double for Robbins. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. He's going to have another tough task. Uh, this will be today. By the time you listen to this, tomorrow when the the Gophers take on Wisconsin, uh, Nate Reavers will give him a bit of a a bit of a test in the middle. Um, We'll see how he responds and how the Gophers respond with their first really tough, uh, you know, road test after losing at Illinois. Um, you know, they, they've they've played well, they've played well, and they've played well enough to, you know, obviously we all know the Big Ten is is incredibly deep this year. Uh, the Gophers had that first eight game gauntlet where you were hoping they could pretty much go, you know, four and four would be amazing, three and five would be tolerable. Well, right now they're two and one. Um, you know, if they play well enough, I think Wisconsin is beatable. They get Iowa again, although it's probably a different ball game down in Iowa City. Um, you know, they could they could beat Ohio State. They could beat Michigan the way they're playing right now. So it's just a matter of uh, you know continuing to to get Marcus Carr to uh, to absolutely play incredible on the offensive end. If you can get a good effort from Robbins. Um, you know, and there seems to be an unsung hero every game. Brandon Johnson, obviously, in the Iowa game. Minnesota doesn't beat Iowa unless Brandon Johnson goes absolutely off from behind the three-point line. Um, you know, we still haven't gotten a great offensive performance this year from Gabe Kelcher. He's been great on the defensive end, but offensively, he's been pretty awful. Uh, Booth Gotch was awful in the Big Ten play so far offensively. He's not being able to do it. So Minnesota still arguably isn't even playing up to 100% of their potential. Um, you know, we'll see what happens over the next couple of games, but uh, but this team, you know, we, we knew they had a chance to be good, but this team could be even better than, than we were thinking. Uh, and let's, of course, insert the fact that this is Minnesota and this will somehow be followed by the entire team being swallowed in the Springfield mystery spot. But, uh, you know, it... I don't know. Miss me if if you're sitting there talking about firing right now instead of just enjoying some victories. Just miss me with that bullshit. That's just it's just annoying. <laughs> it's just really annoying. It's yeah. I don't even I don't even know what to do with that. No, I mean, and, and that's the thing is is it's everybody again. It, it's you know it's fodder. It's 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 chatter and and things like that. But yeah, I mean. It's it's kind of ridiculous to, to think about this right now. Well, because I mean, not only have they just posted good wins, like if you look at the actual like outcome of like what Patino has done, it's not been world beating. It's actually pretty decent by our historical standards. It's so stupid. Minnesota gets I don't everyone really got in on that final four year. And I swear to God, like as a psyche, our fan base has somehow internalized that separate from the cheating. Like that was like. 
a common occurrence or something, as opposed to Clem never even making three straight NCAA tournaments in a row. Separate from what what you, what you take away, even if you include all of the NCAA vacated stuff, he doesn't he hasn't he doesn't make three years in a row with an NCAA tournament berth. <laughs> well, and and to a to a different level, it's you know it's the same way with the sport I'm more familiar with in hockey is that you know Minnesota had their four year NCAA tournament drought here, um, and and people are obviously Don Lucia did get. Let go, but people were you know calling for people's heads and and things like that because it it's sort of the opposite end is that everybody still thinks of Minnesota as this you know bona fide you know we're the we're the top dog in the country and and completely ignores the uh, the insurgence of the rest of the Minnesota state schools between UMD and St Cloud and things like that in the last twenty years and, and still thinks that it's. 1991 and and minnesota can do whatever they want to do and they're always going to be the top choice for everybody and things like that it's like well no it's just not that that way anymore things change you got to adapt to the way the new is i mean obviously the gophers have they're back to rank number one in the country bob motzko has got them back where they um you know definitely are, are are glad to be um but they've changed the way they did things. You know, they're they're competing for for different kids. They're not going for the you know the one and dones of college hockey right now. They'll have one or two for sure, but you're seeing them still find really really great players who can come in and play major roles. But will stick around for two three years at least, uh, and that's how you have to do it in the way the current college hockey environment is is set up. So, um, you know, uh, as they come back to play. Uh, this weekend with uh, Arizona State coming to Mariucci for a non-conference series, um, one of one of two series against the Sun Devils uh, in the second half of the season. Uh, the Gophers obviously still be missing their three big defensemen who are still up in Edmonton with the U.S. World Junior Team, um, but it's nice they won't be missing any any conference games. So uh, you know, hopefully the Gophers can continue to keep things figured out and uh, get a get a sweep. Uh, over the Sun Devils and and remain number one when the new poll comes out next Monday. Do you have any concerns about Arizona State missing those guys uh, um, at all, or should it be? I mean, given the way that the the rest of the defense uh, played against Michigan, it seems like it should be a not a super concerning situation. You know, it's tough. I mean, Arizona State has some has some quality forwards. Um, what what's more concerning is is the last few times we've seen Arizona State they've been uh, a bit chippy. Uh, they are they are a team that's not afraid to uh, to play on the edge of uh, legal and illegal. Um, and and there were several cheap shots the last time they were at Mariucci. So that would be what I'd be more worried about is is Arizona State comes in and tries to uh, tries to do something to uh, to really sort of send a message and and. Um, you know, ends up either getting a guy hurt or, or something like that would be what I'm more worried about. Um, you know, I, 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 it's tough to tell, you know, after a, after a three week break, uh, just how sharp everybody will be coming back. Uh, the Gophers will get Brandon McManus back who missed the last, uh, five games of the first half of the season with an injury. Sounds like he'll, he'll be back and, and back in the lineup here this weekend. But, um, you know, I, I obviously the Gophers are going to lose a game here one of these days, and and you know there's enough parity that that it could be Arizona State or it could be Wisconsin next weekend. It, it's it's tough to tell. So, um, you know, 
Jack LaFontaine has been absolutely insane in net for the Gophers. You hope that the three-week layoff didn't cool him off at all. Um, but all, all the Gophers can do is go out and play up to their, their game and their potential. And if, if they do that, as we've seen so far this season, they're a pretty damn good hockey team. All right, well, I, I mean, I think at this point that's your uh, that's your holiday coming at you. You've got an afternoon game tomorrow uh, against Wisconsin. Is that a 2.30 Central? Uh, 3.30, I believe. 3.30 Central. I was doing a poor conversion of time zones. Uh, 3.30 Central, and then you've got uh, the Gophers against Arizona State this weekend. And uh, hopefully you've got a happy Minnesota sports uh experience coming to you over this new year's weekend break um and seriously though if they beat wisconsin and anybody just go away if you're going to try to comment about firing patino i don't want to hear it i'm gonna just end it on that note miss me with that crap uh but in the meantime stay safe out there do all those things to not get covid go gophers sky you ma row the boat